Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. Tannehill dropping under pressure, rolling to his right. He might run this in. Five. Tannehill. Touchdown. Titans with the finger roll. He almost got the jump. Yes, he did. He gives it to Henry. Henry trying to get to the defender, Josh Norman, to his backside. Play fake. Tannehill rolling to the right. He can throw it. He can run it. He'll pull back at the last minute. The Titans dominate the Bills in the Battle of Unbeatens. Tennessee improves to 4-0. The Bills drop to 4-1. 42-16, the final score. And, PK, there were no awesome stats in this. It's not like somebody threw for 400 yards or ran for 200 or scored four touchdowns or what. It, just, it was just like they just kept grinding away and the Bills were helpless. Okay, yeah, I can buy that. It was a very impressive performance by Tennessee, that's for sure. And, you know, they had the big season last year. Sort of came out of nowhere to a degree. Yeah. Certainly Tannehill came out of nowhere. But so far they've been able to back it up, and that's impressive. And sometimes you see teams get hot in the NFL, but they're not really that good. They're not a good program, so to speak, using a college term. Well, it looks like Tennessee might be onto something, and they actually are pretty good because, as I say, they ended last year strong, and they followed it up so far this year. Really good start for them. So they get to 4-0 now, and now we can... Uh, there was a line when I was a kid. I read something, and uh, you know how they'd crank... I used to do book reports on these uh, sports books that sports writers would crank out to make a little extra money. And there was a quote that always stuck with me um, from the old uh, Cowboys coach, Tom Landry. And he, they'd get off to these great starts, and then he would always tell the team... This is when we separate pretenders from contenders. You win a bunch of games, that's great, but you get halfway through the season. Of course, now it's a 16-game season, so Tennessee's only a quarter of the way through it. But they get you on film, and they figure out who you really are, and then really good teams try to beat you. And so it's just kind of what we do now, sort out, sort out who are pretenders, who are contenders, let these teams build up a bunch of wins. But Tennessee, they were pretty good in the postseason last year, getting to the AFC title game, so... 4-0. Maybe they really are the real deal and we're just going to have to uh, focus on them a little more. Do you view yourself as a pretender or a contender? Depends on the day. It really well, today's does. Today's Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Yeah, but we're early in the day. We're not even 8 a.m. yet. So it depends on the time of day also. Yes. Day by day. There are days I'm a pretender. Day by day. <laughs> day by day. Jets let Le'Veon Bell go, so that didn't work. 19 months after they signed him, they wanted to trade him. There were 31 teams and not really interested in the trade. Plus the whole Canadian League. Yeah. So he'll be a free agent this afternoon. He's owed $6 million for the remainder of the season. Now, maybe somebody's interested in figuring, well, why should we trade for him? They're going to have to cut him. We know where this is going. So someone may be uh, shopping in the old bargain basement bin. Well, he'll always add to your team chemistry and just make everything better, that's for sure. That does seem to be the way that works, doesn't it? Everybody gets real happy. Saints may be leaving the uh, Superdome to move to LSU temporarily. 
to allow fans to attend games. You move to different cities, you move to different counties, there's different rules. They can't put fans in the Superdome, so for the time being, they might uh, check out LSU, where they have played before on different occasions, so wouldn't be totally strange. It's a beautiful drive. I've made that drive. Oh, really? How far is that drive? Well, an hour or so. Oh. And I've covered is uh, you, So it's a beautiful so you, you go through uh, lakes, woods, mountains, hills, farms? Or it's just one big metropolis. Oh, I mean, that was just beautiful. I was just picturing it, just a beautiful drive in yeah. my mind as you were just naming all, all the uh, potential yeah, things you could be driving through. Uh, it's a freeway. It's, yeah. It's right straight. That area tends to be flat. I think that one is. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the Mountain West announces their schedule. And Utah State's going to play as many Thursday games as they are Saturday games. I was looking, I saw the thing on Twitter, and they had the whole graphic and all that, and I'm flipping through it. I'm like, well, of course they got one. Oh, they got two. That sounds right. A three. A four. Four. Thursday night football. Welcome, Aggies. I guess the good news is that three of them are in a row, so they won't have to deal with a bunch of short weeks there. They'll have to deal with two of them over the course of the season, but the other two they'll get a full week of prep for. You like your schedules, huh? BYU. He's going to play on a Friday night with Boise State, November 6th. Fox Sports 1. Just days after Florida coach Dan Mullen advocated for 90,000 fans in attendance at the Swamp for the LSU game, the Gator football program has put all football activities on hold. Uh, 19 positive tests, so they may not even play the game, but I guess we'll find that out later in the week. What game's that? LSU, Florida. Which sounds like a really big game, except LSU's one and two. So it takes a little bit of the juice out of it, but it's... Florida's coming off the loss as well. Still two big brand names. A majority of Power 5 athletic directors who participated in a recent survey are very likely, or somewhat likely, to support the creation of a fourth division. So this is just officially the Power 5 breaking away and forming their own level, PK. You ready for that? Power 5, group of five... And the Bowl Championship subdivision, all in Division One. Well, yeah, I think that uh, we have an opportunity to see radical changes going forward here. I mean, we, we saw this thing here looking like they're going to pass the uh, one-time transfer rule, which I think that if I'm BYU, I would be all over that, man. You can get guys to come in for one season. I mean, you're not even there. That's just literally it for a season. And uh, you can, and you don't have to worry about the grad transfer to where it's hard to get in. Uh, they, last year, I think it was last year, maybe the year before now, they wanted somebody. The kid wanted to go. The kid's mother wanted him to go. And uh, they wouldn't let him in. He ended up being over a 1,000-yard receiver at another institution. And, and if now you're an undergrad, you don't have to worry about that at all. You can just transfer in, and you can abide by those rules much easier the more the older you are. And, man, if I'm the Cougars, I am all over that as a way to develop us, bring in some talent that normally I couldn't get when they're 18 years old. Uh, and then this thing here, creation of a, another division, whatnot, whatever it might be, yeah, I think that... Not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but in 10 years, what we see in 10 years could look dramatically different than what we see today. I think that'll be more the uh, creation of a different division 
or do you and the and like a transfer rule, or you think it'll be conferences realigned when the TV deals up, or all of the above? Well, I think it could be just a massive change across the board. You know, we might get but what BYU did ten years ago, going independent because they were getting almost no dollars compared to what other schools were getting off the TV deal, and no one was able to see it, right? And if that continues along the line, particularly along the Pac-12 way, why would SC stay? You know what I mean? They could they could branch out on their own, and their their brand name is huge enough to where they could capture a Notre Dame deal, couldn't they? Sure they could, you would think, because the way programming is now may not be and our time is 1.30 every Saturday because they're on the West Coast, so that might be. But, you know, who's to say that it has to be 8.30 and plus it's only 7.30 yeah, That's what I was anyway. going to get at, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, you can do some of those games and you're not playing. You know, you'd only do six of those games max anyway because you're probably playing you know, right. half of them out on the road. But who wouldn't want SC to come into their stadium? I mean, that's just something off the top of my head. Well, that's been, I think it that's has been an opportunity floated. to see massive change. Yeah, that, that's been floated out there, and they do have the brand name. And 7.30 is is, is a much more, quote-unquote, normal time than 8.30. And plus, it's, uh, it's the West. <laughs> they don't deal with snow like we do here. It's a totally different deal for them to play in primetime. They have a history of night games anyway. It's not like this would be their first night game. You know, they played a bunch of night games. They do, more yeah. I mean, they, they, they play a bunch of day time. games, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but... But uh, yeah, they do play a lot, a lot of night games. I've been there many times over the years to cover games, and so you're right. They do, yeah. They, they it's not because it's not consistent, and, and obviously it's not uh, as bad a weather as you say the later in the year. That it, it didn't seem like it was such a big, big of a drag mm-hmm. as it is for BYU Utah to constantly be playing these. 8 o'clock games, 8.30, 8.15, that always drag 15 minutes beyond what they say anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's much harder to play a Pacific a Pacific time zone primetime friendly game in the mountain time zone. It's way easier for those California, especially the Southern California schools. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The debate's going to happen. Y'all can talk about it. I'll talk about it with my guys when we at home, our friends and all that stuff, but I'm not going to give it to y'all. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall for it. You guys know how much I love Michael Jordan. I wear number 23 because of Michael Jordan. When I first got my first pair of Jordans, I was, you couldn't tell me nothing. So y'all can do the debates. Y'all can figure that out. LeBron James not wading into the GOAT debates. That's just as well. It doesn't sound good for yourself to lobby for you as the GOAT. That's probably not the smoothest thing you can ever pull off. All right, so the coaching carousel. You ready for some guys to get some jobs, PK? Because that's going to change everything. Stan Van Gundy's in the mix for the Pelicans job, along with Tyron Lue. Except Tyron Lue might be getting the Houston Rockets job. He's the leading candidate there. And, oh well. Or just wait for it to all settle down and then figure out who has the top five players in the game and go from there. I think that's the latter point is well made by you. And, yeah, that's extremely important there. I mean, Vogel's a solid coach. I mean, I think all these guys, really, when you think about it, when you've been around a number of years, and this is this is your trade, basically, I think you're pretty good. Right? And I think Vogel was pretty good. But he got fired at a couple other places, and he gets LeBron and Anthony Davis, 
and he's on top of the world right now. So he's probably better coached than he was when he started out earlier. But the point being, as you just made, you got to have the horses. And you have to be solid, man. They have to have your respect. And But I think any of these guys, I mean, the basketball, I, mean, I think we overdo it. Certainly we overdo it on the X's and O's. I mean, a lot of it is how you manage people. And some, some folks are really good at managing people. They just have a skill. I think Scotty has a phenomenal skill on managing people. Yes, I don't know he how does. he got it. <laughs> right? I don't know where he got it, but he's got it, right? He does. And so that's yep. a big deal as opposed to a getting technical on how to do sports radio. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily it as far as a technical. I think they all can be technical anytime they want in terms of analyzing the game, breaking it down, reviewing scouting reports and all that stuff. Uh, so you need a lot of different things when you're a, a professional coach, and I think all of them probably are fine, but then it comes down to how good's your team. Former Sixers coach Brett Brown resigned his position as head coach of the Australian Boomers ahead of the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo. He's Joe Ingles' coach. We'll have to ask yeah, he Joe, was. Yeah, Joe, Joe was about, about that it. at some point. Joe liked him, I think. I, oh, he did. Yeah, he, Joe. I, I've talked to Joe about Brett Brown. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wonder if that goes back to the whole the NBA players aren't going to be free and he doesn't want to coach the other guys. And, hey, if you're going to be out, or maybe his, he's going to have an NBA job, so he's going to be busy. His quote was, my personal circumstances have changed which will preclude me from helping. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that could mean a lot of different stuff, too. The wife yeah. wants to go on a rare vacation while I'm out of the league. Or there could be family health stuff. or there, I mean, you can dream up a bunch of reasons. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So, college hoop practice is starting, PK. We haven't even gotten to football yet. I am all thrown out of whack by this. Well, this is right on time, though. Yeah, this is uh, mid-October. This is a good the other guys are uh, out, out of whack. whack. Yeah. It's not college basketball that's out of whack. The NBA just finished... Utah and Utah State haven't played football games yet, and here comes college hoops. Good. All right, so BYU's got to rebuild the roster. We thought they had a pretty good NCAA tournament team, and then there was no NCAA tournament last year. You got some expectations for BYU? Absolutely. I think they have rebuilt the roster. Yes. No, there's no question I have expectations. I have expectations to them, and Gonzaga has pulled away. Uh, but I want to see... BYU narrow that gap, and I want to see them beat St. Mary's twice and basically be right there with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's better, and they've, they've earned that right. I think even BYU fans and Mark Pope would acknowledge that Gonzaga's the big dog. They are what uh, UNLV was in the Big West in the PC2A days for sure, but uh, BYU is very, very intriguing, yeah. And Mark Pope is so charismatic. Uh, yes, I got major expectations for them, and I've got much higher expectations for Utah. I'm actually uh, haven't been this excited for the local college basketball season probably in a good while. I can't list the year though; I don't remember when. Uh, but I got I got expectations for both of these teams for sure. And Utah State with Smith there, speaking of charismatic and what he's done in his what's this is his third year, right? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very much excited for all of these programs. 
So I would say it's the most excited any of us have been for college basketball in seven to eight years because what you've got is a team that we think is an NCAA tournament team, and then we'll have to see how it comes together. Are they going to be capable of winning a game or two when they get there? And it's just way too early to project that. we got to watch them play. But I would say seven or eight years because the Utes had their um, back-to-back NCAA tournament teams when Kristoviak got it going for a couple years, and he had DeLon Wright. And they went Sweet 16. And, you know, we thought they probably had a pretty good team coming back, but we didn't know. And they ended up getting knocked out by Gonzaga in the second round. I was at that game. They got hammered. Right. So that would be the last time that we had a team coming off a good season where we thought, and they're going to have another good season. How good? I don't really know. But that would be the last time I think we could see teams putting together back-to-back. Well, for two years in a row with Utah, we've heard about the youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't keep going to that card over and over again. It just doesn't work. It's just not the natural evolution of a roster. And they've got, they've got young guys, but I wouldn't say necessarily youth or inexperienced guys. Put it that way. They've got young guys, but they got a lot of experience last year. I'm expecting them to take a quantum leap, and I think that they have to. There's no reason this program should be uh, much better than it is. And I'm excited for their season, too because they've got a number of guys who got a lot of experience last year and showed some potential. And I think they can win some ball games this year. And if things break their way, maybe they could be a tournament team too. Uh, that would be great. I mean, we see uh, freshmen come in and, and have a huge impact, and we see freshmen and sophomores make huge jumps. Uh, we've seen it at other places. Uh, you know, will it happen here? That's a pretty hard thing to predict. Um, but when you're, when you're tying for... What did they tie for last year? Eighth? Yeah. Yeah. Eight, it was a three-way tie, right? Eight, nine, ten? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say, well, there's higher expectations than that, I'm like, well, absolutely. Tied for eighth? Absolutely. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Melanson gets his sign from Darno. 0-1 pitch. Pulled on the ground to the left side. Riley's got it. Throws across. Braves win! The Braves hold on to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Braves now lead the National League Championship Series two games to none. Here it is. Swing and he pops him up. Foul first base side dropping. Fair or foul. It lands. A fair ball. Here comes Wendell in to score. Here comes Kiermaier to score. To third base, Adamas. He holds. It's a bloop double for Hunter Renfro. And the Rays have a 5-1 lead. So there's the ALCS with the American League now three games to none as Tampa Bay wins 5-2 with a five-run sixth inning. All the damage in the sixth. And they're up 3-0 on the verge of sweeping the Astros. And then in the National League, it's two games to none with a, uh, the Braves. You know, the Braves had just not been giving up any runs. And all of a sudden, three-run homer, two-run homer. Errors figuring prominently in both games. I mean, it's two out in the ninth, and you're up by two. And an error brings the uh, tying run to the plate, and he triples. And now the winning runs at the plate. And, uh, and then Altuve, Altuve is just an error machine all of a sudden. He is, yeah. Two two in a row there for him. It's weird how uh, he didn't – I saw the stat that he didn't – and it wasn't a full season. He didn't have an error all all year. And I'm like, ah, oh, wait, that was 60 games. But still, 60 games error-free is something when you're playing in the infield. And and then all of a sudden they have three in two games is weird. And and a couple of them at least so routine. I'd send them down to the team's minor league facility. (laughs) Ha-ha! 
send a message. You got any hope for any comebacks in these? The Dodgers have figured out how to hit against the Braves now. This will unlock it. Well, 2-0 is overcomable. I mean, 3-0 is very difficult. Only been done once in the sport. So, and I think the, the Rays are, in my mind, substantially better than the Astros. I didn't think that the Braves were substantially better than what the, the Dodgers, Dodgers can do. So, mm-hmm. yes, I do have hope, but obviously that hope is uh, slipping dramatically. See Big Poppy up there calling out Clayton Kershaw for not pitching with the back? It's like, well, we, we're not doctors. We don't know, but go out there and throw and then say you can't do it. Folding before the game sends a bad message in the clubhouse. Well, I mean, that's a line of thinking out there. My wife asked me about that, uh, and I said, you know, I really don't know. I mean, the injury thing, uh, it's always been like that, and I've never been able to say this or that. We went through this with Boozer for so many uh, games and stuff, and it just seems to me these guys would want the ball. If you don't want the ball, then I don't want you to have the ball. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. I guess by saying it early, you know, somebody else could be up and, and throwing and getting ready as opposed to not having the time to warm up and go through well, whatever routine. Well, I think they routine. ruled him out of game three also. Yeah, he's supposed to pitch game four is when they're saying now. So, All right, today, uh, Dodgers and the Braves, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And then uh, in primetime, TBS has Tampa Bay and Houston trying to, Tampa Bay trying to close it out. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL facing the Portland Timbers tonight, 7.30 at Rio Tinto Stadium. They played a crazy 4-4 game with them up in Portland earlier this year. But RSL has been going the wrong way for the last three to four weeks. And Portland's been going the right way the last three to four weeks. Two teams whose seasons have gone in completely different directions. RSL has really struggled. They actually have a losing record at home this year, so... That's not nearly good enough, and they're running out of games here. The weekend game's already been postponed because Colorado, kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Marlins earlier this year, has had long-running positive tests. It just seems like one or two guys uh, every couple of days. So that one's already off. No idea if it'll be rescheduled. So RSL running out of games here at the end of the year. Well, I hope they win because then, uh, you know, I think one of the guys is going to have a big house party. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Sam Johnson. Probably not going to play tonight or ever again would be my guess. Ever again? Well, I think he's coming up on the end of his deal. So, you know. Ever? Would you said ever again? For our, for RSL. I mean, there's a million leagues. He'll play somewhere in the world. But will he play for RSL? Well, I think we should have a going away party. <laughs> okay. Yeah. PK's place. What, at 9 o'clock, PK? When should we be over? No, 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 not my house. Oh, I, mean, oh, I thought you were throwing people. the going away party. You can't, you can't fit. No, you're the guy who throws the going away parties. You've got experience <laughs> with that. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> That's funny. All right, what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker, will join us to talk about the Cougars and the Cougars, BYU and Houston Friday night. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 8.30. Utah football availability today. We're going to hear in the 9 o'clock hour from Kyle Whittingham, also from linebacker Devin Lloyd, and the guy who's got to rebuild the secondary, Sharif Shah. Got a lot of Utes talking today. We'll hear from them coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, 
Why don't the kids love us, PK? Why won't they stay? I don't know. All right, we'll get to that next. Stay with us.